This is Again for the First Time with your host, Darren Redmond. This is Darren Redman with the Again for the First Time podcast, and it's produced by Jake Redman. And I am so excited for so many reasons about our guest today. Uh, so much I want to talk about. Midday host over at Mega 97.9, been there forever. I want to talk about radio because I am a child of radio. I'm a child of radio and television. We'll talk about that. We're going to talk about a lot of different things today, uh, but we're talking to the voice of sports in Fresno and uh, just a potpourri of sports. But boy, like, you know, like you know, people argue, like, is it, is it the chocolate or the peanut butter? You know, yeah. is, is it, is the Chicago pizza better than the New York pizza? And the question that a lot of people here in Fresno have is Brian Anthony known as third down thunder or is he known <laughs> for uh, just saying, you know, Fresno, let's play some hockey, uh. you know? So, so which one is it? We'll just, we'll discuss. Brian Anthony is our guest today, my guest today. How you doing, my friend? Yeah, it's uh, doing real well. I'm glad you're doing well, and thank you for inviting me uh, here on your on your podcast. Well, I appreciate that more than you know, and um, I tell you, there's so much I want to talk about, but I want to first start with your work over at Mega 97.9. Well, um, even before that, tell people who don't know that one person who may not know who you are. A little background about yourself. Were you born and raised in the Central Valley? And then if you could segue into how did you become interested in radio? Well, you know, I, I am a native of the San Joaquin Valley, Central California. I was born in Porterville. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up in a farm community in Tulare County, uh, Tipton, California. Lived Beautiful. there about 22 years. Uh, well, the first 22 years of my life. Um, did a little bit of farming, but not much um, in high school um you know rode the tractors and so forth and uh just making some money uh, mm-hmm. out of high school uh i started my music career when i was four years old uh, i got in front of a piano and evidently i was pretty good at it and my mother kept me going uh with the lessons a cousin of mine uh played uh, a saxophone she kind of gave it up and i picked it up when i was seven and it became natural to me to play this instrument oh and beautiful that- as I got into high school, uh, I managed to uh, learn about 40 different instruments. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, and uh, I kept it going. And then I finally, when I reached my 20s, I just kind of gave it up. But I can, till this day, I can still play all 40 of them or more. I, I can still read music. I can pick it up, you know, in an instant. But I just don't do it uh, uh, as much as I did back then. Well, first of all, when would you find the time? Because <laughs> yeah. you're, you're either on the air you know, on the radio or doing one of the many other um, things that you do, whether it's with the Rawhides or with the Monsters or, or with, um, you know, a, a lot of the other schools out there. Um, but let's go back to, and I mentioned to you, this to you as a friend off, off the air. You reach a certain, when you're a certain age, there was television and there was radio. And television was my daytime uh-huh. after school. Radio is where I got my bones of education. And here's what I mean. I had a little transistor radio as a kid. I think we all did. Yes, right? And, and I try to explain that even though you know my son very well and 
people they, they get it but they don't get it i mean that was your that was your winner to the world wasn't it and, you know it was you know it's just a little bit bigger than our smartphones today those right. things they're a little bit wider but right. basically that side and it took a, a it got am and fm radio mm-hmm. and uh you know it was interesting about uh about fm radio uh and like you said some people might not know but back then probably in the 60s and 70s the latter part of the FM dial would actually go a little bit further than you'd actually, uh, I think 108 as far as it goes. But 108 to 109 mm-hmm. was the police frequencies for Los Angeles PD. I did not know that. So when, if you were in Los Angeles, you tuned past 108, you got, you got the, you had a uh, scanner in your, in your hands. Excellent. Excellent. Um, so much want to ask about that because when I could not sleep, I just put the radio on and there were nights, there were three things that I would listen to sports. And it was beautiful when my Mets were on the West coast because the games didn't start till 11 o'clock at night. Right. So, and that was like a, a thrill for me. And I would imagine what Dodgers stadium would look like or what Kansas <laughs> Street Park would look like. And back then the Padres played at Jack Murphy stadium. And, and then I was blessed to be able to go and visit. So I never went to a game at Jack Murphy. And unfortunately, um, uh, with the uh, Giants, the same thing. I, I went to eight, but I still call AT and T Park. Uh-huh. But um, I teared up when I went to Dodger Stadium for the first time. Oh yeah, because as a kid, you just do. Yeah. You, um, you know? What's interesting about that? You were talking about going to bed, and you know, uh, my bedtime was probably about nine thirty. But in the summertime, during uh, during those young years, nine thirty. Guess what? That's towards the end of the ball game at Dodger Stadium, and we got the broadcast very loud over in this uh, in uh, Tulare County. Right, and so I would always listen to the games. Vince Scully. Vince Scully. Yeah, probably the last six, seven innings. Uh, I'm sorry, from inning six, seven, eight, nine. That's probably what I would hear, and I just became a big fan. You know, and uh, in life, I jump around, so I'm going to jump around here. You mentioned Vince Scully, and I want to compare him to what you do. At least explain to those who are listening to us, and there will be a lot of your fans and, and people who are sports nuts and, and you, what you do on the radio, how hard it is for what he did alone to keep people so entertained. And I ask you because you work alone and you keep keep people entertained. And it's it's very tough to do. And it's, it's not dismissing the hard work that, that two people in a booth or sometimes three people in a booth do. How did you pick up? How'd you learn that? Because it's not an easy thing to do. Well, if it wasn't for the telephone, I tell you, I'd probably be bored. Uh, you know, you get phone calls left and right, request lines uh, that was open. You start talking to people and you 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 do your job. Uh, you pick the music and, you know, uh, music is not what you actually think it is. You just don't just pick a song and then that's what you play. It's actually certain songs need to be played at a certain time. It's uh, There's a reason for it. Same thing as why commercials on a on a 30-minute tv show come on at a certain time there's a reason for it uh there's technology i should really say technology there's it's been studied and that's basically how they sell airtime is when you're watching tv or listening to the radio because at a certain time that's where we want you so how did you break into broadcasting um you know, I have a relative that was, uh, she was a cheerleader and they had these dances at uh, my hometown in Tipton and they would rent a jukebox 
for these dances back then. Uh, you know, you, you do realize that half the people listening to us don't know what a jukebox yeah, is. Yeah, I, I was getting ready to say, you know, I better explain what a jukebox is. Uh, obviously, there is a jukebox mode on your software, but it's just a big refrigerator, glass. Uh, it had records in it, and you would push if it's a song you like, and if it was B1, you push B1, and it would play. And you put a quarter, you put a dollar in there, and it played the songs you wanted. And that's what they rented. And the jukebox was obviously, you had the quarters, and you just, just push the buttons of the songs. And I said, well, you know what? I have a nice stereo system at home. Why don't I have the records? Why don't I just go ahead and play the music for her? And they made money. And then uh, I started doing it professionally. That was probably the first time people were hiring a DJ to, right. uh, to do their dances. And I was probably one of the first uh, in the area to start doing it, being a mobile DJ. And from there, I got into radio, got my back then you had to have a license uh, because of the Cold War was still going on. So if something would happen, uh, you needed to know exactly what you uh, what should you should be doing, whether you <laughs> hide underneath the desk or you keep the radio station going. And there was a reason for those tones. This little, you know, this is an alert for the emergency broadcast. This is only a test, you know, and that was it. That that's what you had to learn what that did. Mm -hmm. Um Back then, the stations where I started, they were like station number 15. So if one went off, number one went off, number two would go on, then number two went on. You know, it, it was a long story. But uh, I got into that. I studied that. And from there, I became a nightclub DJ in Vice City. At the, it used to be called the Holiday Inn, night, 198 and 99. I've stayed and, there many times during my career <laughs> in Yellow Pages. And that was probably the most popular spot during, it was the early 80s. And that had to be the most popular spot in the area because uh, that's all you had was in Visalia, Tulare, um, uh, Dinuba, uh, Exeter, Hanford, and then obviously you got the boys from Lemoore, right? Lemoore Naval Area, and they would bus them to that spot, mm -hmm. and we were packed because we were the only one in that area. Oh, that's great. That's, it, it, and again, I'm full of segues. I, I don't know if you had a chance yet to see the new um, Tom Cruise uh, Top Gun movie. But one of the main characters is from the Lemoore Air Station, which is so uh, great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> so you break in and you have a great voice, obviously. And I try to tell people this. And now that I'm, you know, I'm an old, older guy, I'm an older person. Longevity is not shtick. And it's people, they want to stray. People look at it, look at you know, an on-air personality like day training, like they're going to stretch it rich in five minutes. Right. And, and they burn out quick. And they, they, they talk to me a little bit about longevity. You know, I think I've had the opportunities to go to major league teams. Okay. And I made the decision that I was not going to do it. I've announced for major league teams part-time, mm -hmm. but I made the decision that if I were to pack my bags and go to a major town or a large city, and then I find out two or three years later that, oh, hey, Brian, thanks a lot, but we're going to go, we're going to take a different route. And I started thinking, why do I need to lift, uh, take my kids out of school to another school, move to another place, start a new mortgage on a home? Mm -hmm. And if it's three years later, hey, I still got 17 years to go on, on that house. Now I got to find a job and I'm stuck or, you know, I, I move on. I pretty much had it made in the collegiate field at Fresno State 
and in minor league sports here in Fresno. So I made the decision to stay in minor league sports and at, at Fresno State. Longevity, um, do your job. Uh, you're not going to get rich the next day. Uh, I've had some people ask me, uh, how do, when am I going to get, uh, when am I going to get the jobs like you? I, I, look, I said, hold are you? Uh, this one gentleman, he was 27 years old. And I said, you know what? Give yourself another five years. And I bet you'll make it to the majors. Sure enough, five years later, triple A called him up and then he went to the majors. Well, that's how that's outstanding. And I just want to tell a personal story about you that, that, I'm not surprised when I see it because we work together with the monsters, but I am so invigorated by it. I don't care if it is a January Thursday night game. You're a pros pro. You're making sure that you have your copy all set, your advertisers all set, breaks, your people, and, 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 and they are responding to what you say and you run it. And, and it's not just that you want to do a good performance. I'm speaking for you, and then please follow up. You respect your audience, and you yeah. respect the sport. If you, but we both know some people don't. Talk right. a little bit about that. Well, uh, when you go to a game, it has to be the first time you've been to the game. Okay, you have to think that. Uh, you have to also think that the audience, the, there may be somebody, it may be one or it may be ten, that never been to that game or never have been to a professional sporting event or even a collegiate game, you always have to remember that, that somebody may be new. Just like when you meet somebody for the first time, what is it that you need to do? You better smile because you only have one chance to make an impression the first time. So always smile, say hi, and always remember that one fan may be the first time there and you want them back. And I think you started hockey in, in 91. I think that's, that sounds yeah. about right. And we'll talk about that and, and, and baseball and, and third down thunder. And all. You bring your A game. And I'm sure there are times you're not feeling well. And I'm sure life gets in the way. And, um, but, but you, and you're not doing it for, for a million dollar paycheck. You're doing it because you have grace and that you have a respect for the organization that you work for and for your fan. Um, and that's my long-winded way of saying this. My brother and I, who might have been on this uh, interview with us, but he wasn't able to make it, you know, we grew up listening to people. And when you think about the Mets in the 60s and in the 70s, it's Bob Murphy, Ralph Kine, and Lindsey Nelson. You've earned that prestige. I can, you, Paul Leffler, there's a few people out there that when you have an image of Fresno Falcon Hockey or Fresno Pacific or Visalia Rawhides, not only do you see their logo, you hear your voice. What is that like? Uh, sometimes you, you, go, you ask yourself, that is me. That's what I sound like. Uh, because you, really, you're your worst critique on anything, no matter what. And I tell the new people that get into radio, they say, well, I sound terrible. And I sound, I go, no, you're always your worst critique. There are certain people that haven't recorded commercials for the first time. Mm -hmm. And they'll say, I don't like it. I said, you're fine. You, it, right. It's okay. Uh, you are your worst critique, and you'll think that it's the worst thing you've done in your life. Uh, you've done it. Once you listen to it, now improve from what you have done. Listen to what you, what you, have, what you recorded. And I do that with baseball. Um, 
a lot of times. And I do that with hockey. Uh, in fact, just last week, I took one game from the Vice City Rawhide and I watched it. Mm-hmm. And what am I doing wrong? What am I doing right? What right. do I need to improve? Uh, when I play the music, um, the music is just not all over the place. I actually take an hour and a half in the day, usually about 11 o'clock in the morning, so about 12.30, and I pre-program the music from the first inning all the way to the ninth inning, including the seventh inning stretch. Right. That way you're not playing the same music every day. And there's situations in baseball. There's more than baseball than there is in hockey. You got foul balls, you got strikeouts, sure. you got walks, home runs, stolen bases, you know, and so forth. Great plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the thinking uh, when you're there for the innings, you, there's no thinking of what song you're going to play. It's already programmed. And it's right. not just one genre. It's a lot of them because you have people there from three years old to 110. Right. So you better make sure that you are uh, you are well equipped and you, and you know what you're playing. Um, and I'll give us some advice for people that want to do this, um, and for bands, uh, uh, bands at nightclubs, play your best songs first. Because once like you do that. that, they're they're there. Right. Okay. And if you play them again later, they've already forgotten you played them earlier because they're having a good time. I know. And I did that at nightclubs. I would play my best songs first at nightclubs. I do that at the baseball game. After that, then I'll just start playing a mix of other, other music. Seventh inning stretch in a baseball game. Yeah. You want to play the, you know, take me out the ball game, but you want to have a good dance too. You know, Mm -hmm. after it's over, people remember if you're losing seven to nothing, you're winning five to two. The fans, you want the fans to come back. Absolutely. And, especially in minor league ball or junior ball or junior hockey, you have, you have to make that an experience, uh-huh. you know, and I see it all the time when we do something like chuck a puck, right? Nobody right. throws chuck a, a puck until you say go. Right. You know? right. <laughs> That's a lot of fun though. A lot of people try to imitate that. I don't know if, right. you know, I've been in other arenas and they try to, but it does not seem to work as well as it does in Fresno. Oh, it's 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 a staple. It, it definitely is. And I guess we should tell them what uh, tell what Chuck a Puck is if somebody's not aware. You know what? Please, you tell them. Uh, you know, it, uh, at the end of the period, there's two intermissions. At the second intermission, we tell everybody, you know, Chuck a Puck is coming. You go to the front, and you buy these orange pucks, or they could be black, and they're just made out of rubber. I mean, I'm sorry, a soft rubber, a uh, foam mm-hmm. rubber. And when we're ready to chuck the puck, there's a center dot or maybe a hula hoop or something to center ice. And the closest one, or if you get into that hole or that circle right. uh, with that chuck a puck or that puck, of course, you can throw it. It's not going to hurt you, but it, it can. But, you know, it, it's the safety factor is there. And if it makes it in the hole or nearby, you are the winner. And that's yes. chuck a puck. And about you're not getting hurt. Yeah. As Brian will tell you, people throw them at me. Yeah. That's why, <laughs> that's why I keep you all the way to the window and stay yes. away. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, It's been said, and I agree with this, um, and it's not good or bad, um, that Fresno, more than a, um, I'm going to go to the uh, February 14th game on Valentine's Day, it's more of an event kind of place. They like events. Discuss a little bit about that culture we have here, and also uh, how you prepare for each sport a little differently or the same way. I mean, I'm sure there are basic things you do, but there's probably a little bit of things like 
during baseball, when, when the, the, the manager comes and speaks to, um, you know, to the pitcher, you got to kind of build in that time. In hockey, there's other things you got to do. There's a fight. There's this or that. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that. You know, that's uh, right off the bat, dude. You got to play some songs or the music, it takes part of it. And that's all. It's basically a hotkey uh, right. on your computer, okay? Uh, for a fight, for a hockey, a uh, mound visit for the pitcher. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's a hotkey. Uh, but uh, there's always, well, not necessarily with the monsters, but with the rawhide, there is an ad uh, mm -hmm. regarding uh, the visit. Uh, what this mound business is brought to you by, or this pitch and change is brought to you by. And uh, it's it's written for you. Uh, you just got to be prepared to say it because you do have to give them a, a, you know, a few mentions. Right. Uh, and then you play the song. And uh, from that point on, when the batter steps into the batter's box in baseball, uh, according to the rule, you have to start pulling the music down. Right. Right. Um, you know, that, that brings up something that we talked about offline one time and, and if you don't mind uh, sharing your perception, because I get asked this question all the time about you. Because especially at Gateway, even, even at Selling, you're, you're sitting on top of the players. You know, a lot of times in between the penalty box, I think you know where I'm going. Yeah. What kind of chirping have you heard over the years? Oh, I've heard a lot. I've heard a lot. But I'm, I'm going to tell you, and I think I've explained this to, to you and a lot of people. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's bad at first. But I would say it would be maybe about 20% of the time they're in there. That's what you're going to hear. But the 80% is usually something funny. Uh, asking about their history. Uh, one of the players will know somebody's brother. They'll ask about how he's doing. Does he, does he still have that girlfriend and, and so forth? And my mom didn't like her. And you know, <laughs> typical, typical young men uh, questions and conversations. <laughs> And uh, a lot of people think they're chirping at each other or yelling at each other, but they're not. They're just they're just talking. But sometimes you get the two that will just continue and continue. And you just got to tell them, hey, enough. That's enough. And so last year, the Monsters won the, their Pacific Division Championship for the second year in a row. And I've always wanted to ask people who do what you do this question. Do you prepare what you're going to say or does it come organically? Uh, it's both. Uh, gotcha. you have to be ready, uh, because you don't know what may happen. You learned, you learned, uh, the arena, uh, you learned uh, like gateway, uh, because you have to avoid And when it's negative, you have to avoid the riot or you have to avoid something that may be bad. Right. Uh, but when it comes to winning, you should be prepared. What song you're going to play. You should be prepared. What you're going to say. Congratulations. Ladies and gentlemen, the, you know, the monsters are going to move on. The raw height are going to move on and so forth. Unfortunately for the monsters, we move away for the, you know, the finals, but right. like in Vice Stadia, uh, those can stay, um, those can stay here. People don't realize, but I'm going to talk about the Visalia raw heights for a minute. That stadium is a beautiful stadium. I mean, Grizz is beautiful too. Don't get me wrong. But like, I know, again, Met fan. I mean, way back in 71, their, their farm team played in Visalia. That's there's right. A lot, there's a lot of history. Talk a little bit about that history in that park. Well, you got the Cincinnati Reds, New York Mets, Chicago White Sox, um, Kansas City Royals. Um, Great stuff. Yeah, and uh, and now we have the Arizona Diamondbacks that, uh, right. uh, that were a farm team, too. So 
Uh, it's there's there's some history. 1946 is when it was built. Uh, the actual grandstand, uh, that dirt that fills the grandstand, mm-hmm. was dirt that came out of the ground at 198. Wow! So, <laughs> they moved it from there uh, to uh, to Recreation Park. Uh, as a, and I guess they didn't realize it was going to be a grandstand, but that's where they put it. You know, um, a little birdie told us, and maybe you can make you announce it, and I'll, I'll take the blame for it, quote unquote, yeah. that, that we may be in selling for a weekend series, right? That's what yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing that as well. And that would be outstanding. That would be excellent. Would love to do some games at Selling Arena, and I would love to see that. For those who have never seen a game at Selling with its low ceiling and it's, it's just this atmosphere, talk a little bit about Selling. You know, uh, I don't think we're ever going to get an arena similar to that anymore. Uh, it's because of the way it's built. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of arenas are actually, um, I use my hands. These are the seats. Mm-hmm. Save Mar Center is like this. Mm-hmm. Selling arena seats are like this. Yes. So yes. you can see it, uh, the V gets a little closer. Right. And so, therefore, you're looking right down at the game. It's uh, not a bad seat. Right. It, you may be. You may be 15 feet from uh, from the ice over here, or even 20, or even 30. But when you're lifted up like that, you become closer, and you're looking right down at the game. Right, right. and it, it gets loud. Yes, of course. That arena was built for uh, projected sound. Uh, oh, was it? I did not know that. Yeah, uh, it was built in the 60s. Um, it's not built like uh, um, Hollywood. Uh, Hollywood Theater, um, the dome, the the bowl, Hollywood bowl, right, Hollywood bowl, yeah, 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 that amplifies the sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, with the arena, the way it's the way its seating was, and of course the north and south seats were not built until the uh, I believe the eighties. It was a bar there. Yeah, it was just a square, right. and uh, I think one of the last concerts when it was a square, I think it would have been probably Elvis Presley wow. during that time. Uh, I did see Elvis Presley. I got lucky. Very uh, nice. My mother took me to the concert. Uh, I believe that would have been no, that would have been in the early seventies. But uh, there was been a lot of concerts. I think I saw Scorpions there. Right. Uh, who, Fog Hat. I oh, see Fog Hat. Fog Hat. <laughs> <laughs> um, ACDC got ran out of town uh, back then. Really? Why? Yeah, I don't. I have no idea. I don't remember. Uh, I think they I think they opened up for Jefferson Starship. Uh, I think I may be wrong, uh, but yeah. And look at them now. <laughs> so, what was the best concert you've ever been to? The best, you know what? It wasn't not at Selling Arena. Right. Yeah, wherever. Uh, yeah, wherever. Yeah, yeah. It, it was at the fairgrounds, and uh, it was uh, the band called Skillet. Oh, the nice. theme song. Yes. At the first nice. fairgrounds, and they did a tremendous show, and I was impressed. I was very, nice. very impressed. Uh, of course, they had the female drummer, um, right. and you know, and they did show up at Gateway Eye Center uh, right. back when we first became the Monsters. Nice. They wanted to see the team, which is great. And yeah, I, and by the way, I know some people enough with. I love that song. You yeah. can't play that song. Um, <laughs> for me. Really, there's there's one and a half answers. And by the way, an honorable mention was Paul McCartney at the Seymour Center just a couple of years ago. Yeah, okay. I hear about that. He did a great job, you know, and he was, you know, into his 70s at the time, and he did a great job. And he started with, a, he opened 
opened up with a hard day's night, which just kind of blew me away. 1977, <laughs> the Palladium Theater, New York City, I saw the Ramones. Uh-huh. Oh. And, ooh, yeah, and that was like, you know, that was very interesting. Uh-huh. Um, it was just unique, uh, w- which was great. Um, but mine was, as working at a, uh, a beach club in Brooklyn at the time, and there were these tours of these guys and, and, and ladies who maybe the peak years have gone, sure. but they're still going to put on a great performance. So I was also doing security at the time for our talent that would show up there. So it's supposed to be, it was Chubby Checker. Oh, yeah. Right? So, and, and I always admired his music and any Pet Twist and Twist and everything. And long story short, I'm backstage with him and he's by himself. And, you know, they would come, they'd do like five songs, you know, seven songs. And, and it was for Decoration Day, later Memorial Day. And he goes, hey, because do you know where I get something to eat? And we had a concession stand, but I said, well, do you want me to go get you some real New York pizza? Right. And he said, yeah, I'd like that. So I went and I just, on my own, I went and I got him a pie. And um, in New York, we call it a pie. And so I bring it back. And he's sitting there. And uh, I get emotional about this. And he goes, would you mind sitting with me while I eat? Right. And I sat and had pizza with Chubby Checker. Wow. For about a half hour. And we just talked. Yeah. And then he performed. And what a great guy. And now what is it? 40 years later, I still remember it like a chest. Wow. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So you must have met a lot of people. Do you have anybody like that that just touched you almost on a human well, you know, I have I have met a lot of artists, especially in the 80s. Uh, um, the one, his name, uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, my mother and father, they, they used to love this song back in the 60s. Uh, uh, Rene Rene. Yeah. Uh, uh, and he performed it. He has been performing at our concerts for Mega 97.9 and still does today and does the song. And I, I talked to him for a while, and I said, hey, by the way, um, my mother and father loved your song back in the 60s. Uh, it was Spanish. Uh, El Mucho del Tequero. That was the name of the song. And uh, I said, who knows? I may be, I may be because of you. <laughs> I may be here because of you, uh, you know. And we sat down and we talked. Uh, I got a picture of him. And, of course, my father and mother both have passed on. But I kept it. And that was probably the one guy that I, I really admire talking to. Oh, that's great. That's great. Um, and it's those kind of things, right? And a lot of times it's not the biggest star in the world. It's somebody that connects you to a memory that you have uh-huh. or that kind of thing. Um, I want to kind of go back, since we're talking about this stuff, to something I asked earlier. And do you feel responsibility might be the wrong term? But do you realize how many people grew up with you and their children now are growing up with you? And in some cases, their grandchildren. Well, that, that you are part of their life. I mean, I, I, I talk about this to kids sometimes. When I do some little bit of public speaking. Mm-hmm. You're 35 years old. You're in a job you really don't love. And you think about for some reason, it pops into your mind the time you went to Selen or Gateway or whatever, and you heard Brian Anthony saying, you know, goal scored by, and you just, do you realize you're part of people's lives that way? 
Uh, you know, uh, that you mentioned that, I've got to tell you this story. Uh, I used to work 7 to midnight on KNEX, which was country music back in the uh, early 90s. And when my son was playing baseball, playing Little League baseball and so forth, I would get mothers and fathers that would actually tell me, my son is named after you. Wow. Wow. There's nothing better. <laughs> and obviously working seven to midnight, I know what was going on. Right. Uh, and <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, there it is. Brian Anthony Smith, Brian Anthony, whatever, you know. Right. Uh, right. And we uh, the last count was 11. Wow. 11. And it was like, wow. You know, you, you have to think about it. Like people named this kid after me. Right. Yeah. Uh, Excellent. And before we kind of wrap up, I want to ask you about how do you, you're Brian Anthony, mm -hmm. and, and, you do, and you don't get the um, luxury of quote unquote publicly having a bad day. You know, like, and I talk to a lot of people, as you know, you know, with the podcast two years now. And what I mean by this, people love you and there's a lot of grace. But if, if you just, I don't want to be left out, but, and, and some young person or somebody says, it's Brian Anthony, hello. You got to put on the face and yet because you owe it to your audience. Yes. How, do you, how do you find time to relax and what do you do to relax? And talk about all of that. Well, I just, I'm just going to say what the, the gentleman says, the corner gas station, you walk in, you always have a smile. Right. And uh, you got to keep that up. Um, in fact, we were at uh, In and Out uh, uh, Burger, um, mm -hmm. Jensen and 99. And I just walked by these people. And uh, my guests, all they heard was, hey, that's Brian Anthony walking by. You know, yeah. and and I go, you know, and I, I go, I hope I smiled at them. <laughs> right, yes. Yes. Hey, uh, and, and, and I can't speak for you because when, I'm not always with you, but I think most people respect your privacy in that, like if you're eating dinner with the family or the grandkids, they let you do you, right? Maybe they say hello, but they, they're not mobbing and annoying. And, yeah. You know, would you agree with that, that people are respectful most of the time? Yes. Um, I do spend some time away from this area uh, yeah. just because um, uh, I want to make sure that um i don't get myself in trouble and uh, right. Right. <laughs> uh do something wrong um and just like this coming weekend i'm i'm going to travel to las vegas mm -hmm. park my car right. i'm not going to get in my car for at least four days and gonna, just have a good it. time yeah and, and that's a good thing and, and as you know it's one secret i hide in my backyard with a cigar and some whiskey for that same reason because I don't need to be seen somewhere. Oh, you know, and I'm having my, my one. Or, yeah. Oh, he had his 75th, you know? And yeah. No. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, you have one, and all of a sudden, it's, yeah, you're right. Number 75, you know? And yeah. that's, what it, that's what it can lead to. Yes. So before I let you go, and there's probably a lot, out of all the games that you called, the different sports, personalities, Tell me about one that really impressed you on and off the field, the ice, the pitch, whatever the case may be, that you're like, wow, I, 
it was it was a thrill to call him or her. I would it it's really a it's really close. Uh, you know, some people that like hockey don't like basketball. They don't like baseball. Same with baseball. Don't like hockey. They don't like this and like that. Baseball and hockey uh, are pretty much tied. Um, when I come home tired, I know I did a good job. Uh, I know it was a good game. I because um, there was a lot of excitement, a lot of energy. And a lot of things for me to do to keep the people cheering, yelling, screaming. Um, but, of course, if you've seen the hockey games at, at San Marino or even when it's say more, I always have somebody to my side, uh, another person on the microphone that helps me out as well. So, I, you know, I don't want to take full credit, but, yes, I, I am the lead voice of, of those games. You're, uh, this is Darren talking. You're steering the ship, in my opinion. That's all I'll say. How's that? <laughs> I, I just love, I love doing it. Um, I just did some high school all-star games, high school championships, uh, at the beginning of the month of June. Uh, and I enjoyed it. Right. <laughs> That's great. That's great. So, um, before I go, um, here's, here's my question. Yeah. And I always have to ask a ridiculous question. And I told you I'm a television radio guy, but I'm going to ask you about movies. It's one o'clock in the morning. You're tired. You're exhausted. But you cross the screen and this movie's on. What's the one movie that will stop you in your tracks? You might have seen a million times. You're watching the rest of the movie. What would it be? There's about three of them. Give them. Red Dawn. Wow. I'll sit down and watch it over and over. I don't know what it is. I oh, just that's a great movie. Over over. Uh, the, the original. Now, original, now, yeah. Patrick Swayze one. Yeah. Uh, Rocky. Wow. Rocky yeah. one and two. Right. Uh, I'll sit down. I watch that, and well, there's a fourth one. Las Vegas. Very nice. <laughs> Very nice. And to tell you the truth, the movie Las Vegas, since I travel there a lot, that's the closest. I was just going to ask you that. That's the closest you're going to find that it's like being in Las Vegas, right. especially when the guy, when the people come up to you and ask you uh, your name and. You know, the, hey, you just won a couple hundred dollars. You've been done that machine. You start thinking, oh, my God, I'm getting kicked out. Now right. they're gonna, probably going to do you do you good. Right. You know, um, two things there. One, I, I listened to a lot of podcasts, as you know, um, and I was talk, and I was listening to Talking Sopranos recently. And um, one of the get one of the hosts was talking about he, he was he, he's always well, he likes to gamble and he goes to different casinos uh -huh. and, and some of them are maybe not regulated. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, you're talking about. Yes. And he remembers going to one in um, New York City one time, and he realized they really liked him there because he's got a name, and he was on The Sopranos and Michael Pirioli. And then he realized that he wasn't supposed to win. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and and he, he goes, it's very subtle. They don't threaten you, they don't, but you know. You yeah. know that maybe it's time you need to go. Yeah. <laughs> and, leave a, uh, and leave a big tip. And leave a big tip. You know what? But I found when they came up to me a couple of times, I just answered the questions and I got rewarded for being there. And there's a come right. on back. You know, that's no, which is great. Yeah. And, and and I will tell you this one of my uh, go to movies now is a very recent one. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie 1917. Okay. Yeah. About World War. That movie, <laughs> that scene. When he is running across 
as the the all the other people are running into into the fray just gets me that that movie now recently it's happened a couple times at night you're ready to go to bed and whoa okay putting this on <laughs> but brian thank you so much for being my guest today oh uh, thank you I for really having enjoyed me. It as much as i did and yeah uh, i enjoyed it Tell people real quick, Mega 97.9, Midday, tell everybody about it. It's a great station, people. Uh, I have it on at work. I listen during my lunch break. Talk a little bit about it. Well, we've been on the air uh, since 1998. Um, and I've been on there since that time. I was sitting at a fast food restaurant when the general manager called me up. Hey, you're that new radio station we're putting on the air. Uh, I want to put you on for a couple hours. And uh, I said, well, I'm eating a hamburger he said bring it and and uh i've never left since then i've been there and the thing is i was away from that frequency 97.9 for about four months and uh i was on there and on knex but it was country this is when they switched formats so technically i've been on that frequency since 1989 that's unbelievable long time excellence because and nobody fun. yeah because nobody keeps as you know in your business nobody keeps you just because you're a good guy you deliver the goods got to work hard you got to work hard you got to go for work every day well thank you so much my friend thank I you really appreciate it take care now you too